welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode three of the Film Club Podcast. We are live through the power of the internet. I'm your host, Dean, joined by the Miss Boo herself, the Queen of Halloween, Becky. How are you doing? I'm good. How you doing, Dean? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good, pretty good. This week, as we are closing in on Halloween, we will be recording our little podcast talking about what film? This week, we are talking about Trick or Treat. Yes, because every week, me and Becky take turns and decide which one of us has the better movie. Last week, we had Leslie Vernon for one of my pretentious art house picks. Which ends up being really great. Told you. And this week, we have one of Becky's blockbusters. But I don't know, is this a blockbuster? Or is this something you think is a little bit more mainstream than Leslie uh, Vernon? I would call it more of a cult classic. More of a cult classic? So it's not really a blockbuster because it wasn't distributed through the theater. It actually went straight to DVD. So it never had that opportunity to become a blockbuster. But I feel if it had been able to go to the movies, it would have been a, a blockbuster film. Mm, it might have, Maybe, maybe. I think you and me have a little... Might have a little differing opinion on on this one. Don't we always? Uh, yeah, I mean, traditionally. But our last two films, we both were in a pretty good agreement. I might not have been so hot on Scream, but yeah, we both agreed it was good. This movie, though, is a little... Might, be a, might, might uh, cause a little bit of a rift here. But I digress. Why don't we talk about the movie at hand? So what's this little film about? Well, this film is about multiple stories within one story. So our protagonist in the movie is a character by the name of Sam. And Sam is supposed to be the embodiment of Halloween, where, you know, he's the size of a child and he goes in costume, you know, walking around. But he's really out to enforce the rules of Halloween. Well, would you even call Sam a main character? Because he just seems like this recurring recurring thing in every one of these little stories because this is an anthology film mm -hmm. at the heart of it and i think we have four stories to yes. go through yes we do so how and how this starts is kind of interesting because it starts kind of at the end of the movie oh oh it looks like our uh, third co-host is playing around in their little bag that would be uh, Little Binks, the mascot of the film club. The little black kitty. And uh, yeah, she is the most rambunctious thing ever. So apologies if we hear things getting knocked over, but we can't really put her anywhere right now. But let us continue. This film does something kind of interesting where it starts out kind of at the end of Halloween, right? Yeah, we're ending the night of Halloween we have, you know, a, a man and a woman, not really sure if they're married, but they're coming home for the evening, and the, the wife, she's clearly, you know, just over the night, she's done, um, she starts to, you know, blow out a jack-o'-lantern, because she just wants to get Halloween over with. Which is weird, because she is in a very elaborate costume. Yeah, I would have imagined that took her quite a long time to put that robot costume together. Yeah, because it looks like some work, some work went into yeah. that one, yeah. For someone that doesn't really enjoy the holiday it's like why would you spend all that time putting that costume together yeah and it's kind of weird because they're there she's cleaning up like the halloween stuff she blows out the jack-o-lantern before midnight 
which is one of Sam's little rules. Yeah, in case you don't know, Sam has rules, and this is why some of the things that happen in the movie happen, because he goes around enforcing these rules, which is you always give out candy, you always wear a costume, you never blow out a jack-o'-lantern before midnight, and ultimately you respect the dead. So already she's breaking one of the rules by blowing out the jack-o'-lantern and taking her decorations down before midnight, which is kind of weird to do, wouldn't wouldn't she say, you know? It's just weird because that's on a, they have a lot of Halloween decorations. And this is another thing where I feel like this movie is um, putting these characters in settings or sets that aren't related to the characters because she seems like somebody who's kind of a scrooge bah humbug i don't like halloween you know this is whatever but then you see the setting they're in and it's the whole front yard is this giant elaborate halloween decoration well that's because her husband is a fan of halloween is he i didn't catch that at all yeah he's supposed to be the fan of halloween and i think this is why their front you know their front um lawn is so elaborate because he is a fan of the holiday and she isn't and that's her reasoning for wanting to take things down is because her mother's supposed to come the next day so she's kind of like you know what the holidays come and passed in my opinion so i'm going to take everything down for myself yeah and so i guess we're, we'll move on a little bit because this opening is just a teaser first kill i guess mm-hmm. where they're about to She's taking down the stuff. He's upstairs kind of, like, relaxing. And Sam comes by, and Sam just ends this woman. Just kills her outright. And then the husband comes down, and he's like, Oh, God, what's going on? And then, Oh, my God, my wife is dead. Ah! And then Sam goes and kills him. And it freaks out the little neighbor kids or whatever. The the trick-or-treaters that are on the street. The trick-or-treaters. And then we kind of flash back to the beginning of the night. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of weird. So, this movie is all supposed to take place on one night in this little kind of podunk town. And we have this array of kind of interconnected characters. Yeah. The first one we have is the principal. Yes. So, the premise of this, of the first story in this anthology series is a... Serial killing principal kills one of his students on Halloween and he has to hide the body without letting his neighbor or son find out. And there's a little twist at the end and we'll, we'll get to that. But so this first um, story, I think is probably the most well-constructed. So, cause this uh kid he's going around he's smashing jack-o'-lanterns he kind of goes up to the um house or whatever of the principal and he just takes fistfuls of candy or whatever and the principal's like you you know what sit right there you can eat the candy but you know i gotta give you the whole speech thing about you shouldn't steal from people i'm an adult you know i've been there too blah, blah 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 And ultimately leading to, you should always check your candy before you start eating your candy. Yeah, because this, it turns out that the candy this fat kid has been eating is poisoned? Yeah, it 
it's laced with some sort of poison and it's just and this kid starts throwing up and throwing up and just going and going and going and it's which is a very hard scene for me to watch because i have a weak stomach so oh god it, I, it looks so bad though yeah. it looks so like like fake and kind of cheesy because you can tell that like it's like uh this kid's not throwing up like bile he's throwing up like blood and chocolate it, it looks like he's just throwing up melted chocolate and but whatever the kid dies the um prof or the principal grabs and drags him in the house and like starts chopping him up and he's covered in blood and then when the trick-or-treaters come by and he's giving him candy they're like oh cool mr whatever principal like you're in costume and he's like yeah 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 here everybody have some candy mr creek mr creek oh no sorry mr creek is somebody later in the, the film see that's the thing it's hard to keep any of these characters names in, in like in line but he's like okay you know bye kids see you later and he kind of goes and back to burying his his kill the neighbor comes out starts yelling at him and the principal's tries to get him to go away kind of nicely and the neighbor goes away tells him to fuck off and the principal's like okay fuck that guy and we get a scene of the principal sees the neighbor banging on the window mm -hmm. and the principal's like okay fuck you dude and leaves and which is going to lead to another story later within the movie. Yeah. So you're kind of, you know, led with what's happening to his next door neighbor. And you kind of understand why he's, you know, not willing to run to his aid. He's just kind of like, yeah. He, is, he is the Scrooge of this movie. He is. And the principal goes in and his son's like, Hey, Dad, are we going to finally carve out the jack-o'-lantern? I want to put a scary face on it. And you're like, oh, this is kind of nice. But it's also kind of like off-putting because the dad's a serial killer. And then they go down into the basement to carve the jack-o'-lantern. And you think that he's about to stab his son in the head. Oh, he's... about to murder the shit out of him. And it also leads you to wonder, where's the mom? And No, it... mom's probably dead. And then, like, that's why, like, did she meet the same kind of fate as, you know, this kid that she, that he just poisoned? And also the additional kid that was in that ditch that he was burying in the backyard. Oh, yeah, there's a few bodies back there. Mm -hmm. And then it's the big reveal that these kind of anthology things do, where it's like, oh, the kid absolutely knows the dad is a serial killer, and he's excited to carve the head of his most recent victim as a jack-o'-lantern. Which, that was very surprising to me when he panned down, and it's just the kid, you know, with his head laying there on the table... And the son is, you know, Dad, you know, you gotta help me with the eyes. And it's just, wow, he's about to pop this kid's eyes out. All right. Yeah. With his son. And but, you know, we don't see him carving up the head because that's when we cut to our next little story, which is interesting. That's when we have the, the Stranger Things Club mm -hmm. going off to... So this was the story that I thought had the most promise. And kind of the most disappointing i don't know i thought it was pretty good because you're getting halloween through the eyes of children so you're hearing about the lore of you know this uh bus uh, massacre which we'll hear about later in the film but it's kind of teased and 
these kids are, you know, they're on a quest to kind of steal pumpkins without within their their city to pay homage to these children that were killed in this bus massacre. And you're kind of wondering what's going to happen if they, you know, go and they give these pumpkins, you know, is something going to happen? Is something going to appear? So they decide to invite this uh, this girl, she, what would she be, like a, like, uh, idiot savant, or? That's what they call her, but she comes off more like she's just kind of, like, mildly autistic. But she's also incredibly intelligent, too. Well, yeah, I mean, you don't, you can be very smart and be autistic, but, like, no, that's what they're, it's coming off of, is, like, she is, so they go and they pick up this girl. And this girl is, like, really into Halloween. She carves up pumpkins, but she's just, she's not, like, all there, I guess you can say. Like, she's, you know, smart. She's, you know, stuff. She's all that. But she's just so really socially awkward. Yeah, I mean, I think that's what I would qualify it as. She's socially awkward. You know, she may speak a little bit slower. But she does, you know, she is very bright. Yeah. And the fact that they they are using her as a pawn to, you know, ultimately, you know, pull a prank and, and you feel so bad for this girl because she is just mortified at what they do to her. And one of the, the popular guys that are with them kind of says, hey, you know, this is getting to be a bit too much. We, we shouldn't have done this to her. Because it's it's traumatic. You just we're, see the fear. We're getting a little ahead of ourselves here because let, let's kind of break this down a little bit. So they are going into this... I guess abandoned rock quarry. Yes. Where the local town legend is that, oh yeah, like 20 years ago, this bus driver went mad and killed all these like disabled kids by driving them into a ravine, I thought they which were is kind of dark. Yeah, I think it wasn't disabled kids in the story or in the movie. They say that they're troubled kids, so. They, they go to a school and their parents are just kind of like, you know what, we're sick of the problems that our kids are causing. I mean, like, let's let's be honest. They say troubled kids, but one of those kids is, like, obviously men- mentally disabled. Yeah. And the, it... the, the, like, the main kid in that little story, he is obviously mentally, like, not okay. And, and they... We're, we're not really given, you know, a date it, it's... On, on when this movie... Is supposed to be taking place, so we're not really too sure, you know, 20 years ago in the movie, what does that mean, you know, it was like the 60s or the 70s. It, it kind of looked like the 70s, I guess, but that that's like just like neither here nor there. The biggest thing with this is that these kids, they use this local like urban legend and they lure this other girl down there who is also kind of a misfit mm-hmm. and... They say it's like, oh, we're going to leave these jack-o'-lanterns by the water's edge. And that's an offering to the to the dead. Mm-hmm. And then they use that to have this girl kind of get left alone. They're like, hey, stay by the little elevator that leads us, that brings you down by the water's edge of the walk quarry. And watch the jack-o'-lanterns. We'll be right back. Yeah. And then there's some screaming or whatever. And the girl is like, oh, God, what's wrong with my friends? She goes over. And... Then all these weird monsters start showing up, and she's like, "Oh God, no, please!" Ah! And obviously, it turns out it's her friends. The popular boy is like, "Guys, that was kind of fucked up." I mean, it's not even her friends; it's just her schoolmates who she's kind of, you know, 
dying to be a part of, you know, a group, you know, dupe her into going to this rock quarry just to mess with her because it's Halloween and things take a turn for the worst. Yeah, because it turns out as they go back and they start cleaning up because they realize, okay, we're kind of dicks. Then the real monsters show up. The real dead kids emerge from the lake and hunt these kids down and slaughter them one by one. And then it gets to, it's the one troubled girl who is now locked inside the elevator and she can either open up the door or start ascending and get away. And all the other kids are there. She's like, please let us in. Please let us in. Don't do this. Please. We're sorry. We're sorry. We're sorry. And then she just leaves them for fucking dead. She is a she is a psychopath. Or she's getting justice. Just, justice? They played a prank on you. You're about to send them to their death. Hey, I mean, she could have died. She fell backwards, hit her head on a rock. You know, if that had happened, if you know she hadn't woken up, those kids would have left her down there for dead. I guess, but I mean, again. Th- so she goes up there, and then we see, oh, it's... Sam, who's up at the top of the rock quarry watching her, he gives his little head nod and kind of meanders off. Because that's the other thing. So Sam is this little, like, kid-looking character. Mm-hmm. He's, he's probably, like, five foot nothing. He's got this... I, I don't even think he's five foot nothing. I think he's got to be around maybe four feet. You know, he's supposed to be a child yeah so whatever he's he's a very small person he's wearing this burlap sack over his head and he's wearing this orange jumpsuit looking thing it's uh i think footy pajamas is that what it is and he goes to the water's edge to kind of you know look over these zombie children basically eating these pranksters and he's doing so because you know they broke his rule you're supposed to respect the dead and they took this poor girl down there to scare her by, you know, making fun of the dead children that were at the bottom of that. Yeah, water. using their memory to, for their own, like, nefarious means. Mm-hmm. And this little anthology, it's like, okay, that was a really interesting setup, okay? There's these kids, there's this legend, there's some, so there's a little bit of lore, there's a little bit of backstory. They go down there, they prank the girl, and I thought... It could have worked a lot better if that was a lot more of a focus. Like, if that had another, like, 10, 15 minutes to develop. Because I thought it'd be interesting if, well, okay, what if she then goes home and then the kids that she just killed, they start haunting her and there's a whole, like, poltergeist thing going on. But I don't know. That's that's me trying to rewrite a movie and probably not for the better. No, and I mean, you, you get the head nod from Sam, which is kind of like he feels that she did the right thing. And she's good to go. So she's not in any trouble. She's in the clear because she didn't violate his rules. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't think she would have to face any kind of haunting, even though she did leave them for dead. But, <laughs> you know, they broke Sam's rule first. Exactly. And as it, and as it goes on, we get to the, our third story in this quadrilogy of horror. Mm-hmm. And is that where we get back to... Uh, mr scrooge or are we with the uh teenage girls we're with i would probably say they're college girls maybe they don't look like they're quite teenagers yeah well they're these i guess college age girls talking about how they're gonna go to this really cool party in the middle of the woods and they're gonna fuck 
hard. And I mean, when I first watched this, you know, I'm listening to them talk about this party, and I'm kind of more intrigued by the party that's outside of the costume shop that they're in. It's like a whole street up, a street set up. It's like a Halloween, it's like a Halloween, like, carnival. Which, I mean, are things, they're just not, like, I guess there are things around here, really. Yeah, because we, we're, we have to go to, like, West Hollywood for, like, a huge, like, carnival party Halloween situation. Yes, well, I mean, there's one that's by the um, City Hall over here. So, for those who don't know, we live in, like, Los Angeles County, and it's very city. It's mm-hmm. very industrial. There's not, there's not like, a main street. No. Um, but, like, around our City Hall, they do have, like, little carnivals sometimes that are... Mm-hmm. For Halloween, for the July, and things like that, but nothing compared to this. There's hundreds of people at this trick or treat, like Halloween carnival. There's people in all these different costumes. People are drinking. There's jugglers. There's a whole like bunch of people, and there's these college girls, and they're like picking up dudes, being like, "Hey, hey, yo, dog, wanna wanna go to the woods and fuck?" Because that's basically the whole premise of their party from what we we mm-hmm. hear is that they're just looking to score and we're just kind of trying to figure out why what's going on in the woods i mean it, a lot of it is their their one friend the little red riding hood who's play, played by anna paquin from true blood really yeah huh still not gonna watch true blood but whatever i haven't seen it but i've heard good things about it yeah same but yeah so they're telling her that you know you got to pick up a guy to take to the party because you know you you don't want to stay like you don't want to be a virgin forever mm-hmm. and this is when we get the weird vampire fella we do we, we see this vampire guy and this girl making out in an alleyway and you're, you're just thinking oh you know they're either a couple or they met there at the halloween carnival and then you see it's not quite what we think it is it's him basically drinking her blood and leaving her for dead. Yes. And then the Miss Red Riding Hood kind of runs into this fellow. Mm-hmm. And she's like, hey, do you want to come with me? And then he's like, no, you should come with me. And then he kind of attacks her. Mm-hmm. And it cuts straight to the party. And all of the other, and all of our other friends are there. They're like, whoa, yeah, we're doing, we're doing stuff. Woo. Well, let me take you back to the beginning of the scene when they're in the, the costume shop. I don't know. Do you remember the little boy that was peeking through at the girls while they were trying to, you know, try on their costumes? I remember him, but does he come up later? Or is, or is he one of the kids from the Stranger Things bit? He's Sam. He's Sam. He's Sam. Really? So they wanted to give him a little uh, a little cameo outside of his costume. So oh, Sam, nice. uh, Sam, who's played by Quinn Lord, appears in the film twice as the little peeping Tommy and Sam. Badass. Good for him. Got to see tits. Well, probably uh, not, actually, yeah. because movie magic. But, you know, good for him. Yeah, they, they wouldn't show that to a little boy. But so they're at the party. Yes. And... It doesn't seem like a rager, but they're having a good time in the in the woods, and you're thinking anything could happen in the woods, you know, an they're... animal, a killer. And the bundle of somebody wrapped in Little Red Riding Hood's cape falls from a tree. Everybody freaks out, like, oh my god, did Anna Paquin just get got? Oh no, they go over, they flip over the body, and it is the vampire dude. And you're thinking, huh, what 
what's stronger than a vampire? And you see Anna Paplin show up. And, and, and she's like, hey, I think I'm ready for the party. And then we get this really weird scene where she start, where everybody in the party kind of starts grinding on people. And then they start transforming into werewolves. They start shedding their skin. Yeah. They're just tearing off piece by piece. And we're, we're finally seeing, you know what's really going on here. It's not really a party, it's a ritual. And Anna Paquin, who, her character in the movie, her name is Lori, mm -hmm. who's named after Lori Strode from Halloween, is about to, what would be the, the right term, you know? She's about to ride this vampire dude's cock into death as she eats him. If you wanted me to be blunt. Yeah, it's a little blunt. Yeah, as, mm -hmm. as it is. But that's kind of what, the, but that's exactly what she's doing. She yeah. gets on top of him and she's like, hey, this is my first time. Be gentle. And then she starts riding his cock as he just sheds his her skin, turns into a werewolf, and then eats him. And then we get the big reveal. She's a praying mantis. Yeah. The big reveal of who the vampire dude is. And it is the serial killing principal? It is. Yeah. Apparently he, after he killed the the, the teenage boy in Cars of Jack Lantern with a son, he... Goes out and he does tell his son in that bit that, hey, I have a date tonight, so, you know, I'll be home late. And I guess that was his date. He was, he dressed up as a vampire to go about killing women mm -hmm. to get his rocks off. And then he, you know, gets his comeuppance. Ha. Ha ha, indeed. Ha. I'm, I'm hilarious. So he gets, he gets got. He does. And then that leads us to, again, the beginning of the night kind of mm -hmm. where we're back to the serial killer's neighbor the uh crotchety old mr krieg mr krieg and who is just not a fan of halloween yeah and also the inside of his house looks like it's not even supposed to be in the city because it looks like yeah. he's in he's living in an abandoned cabin in the woods with a mm -hmm. big fireplace and everything's all old and creaky and shit and mr krieg is played by brian cox and what I thought was interesting when I first watched the movie was I thought his character looked familiar. Mm -hmm. And I was watching, you know, some of the behind-the-scenes stuff. And in an interview with Brian Cox, he told the makeup artist to make him look like John Carpenter. So, yeah, that makes sense. He does look like he does look like the aged uh, John Carpenter a little bit. Mm -hmm. The mustache, the hair. So he thought it would be cool to kind of pay homage to John, John Carpenter as this character in this movie. Oh, yeah. I mean, he he looks familiar. I think he does probably the best job mm -hmm. in the film. And it's, it's kind of weird because this is the one where it's just a old man in a house and he doesn't know who's there with him Yeah. kind of story. And that's really all this is. I don't even think this is the shortest segment, right? The la This is the last one, right? Yeah. I mean, we, we also get the the bus massacre, but that's more of like a montage yeah. This is the the climax of the movie. This is... Uh... It, well, it's I know it's the last segment of the anthology. And it's it seems like the shortest. Because I think this one only takes like maybe 15-ish eh, minutes, mm -hmm. if that. And. But you get a lot of information in this 15 minutes. Yeah, you, you get a lot of it. Um, you find out that Mr. Creed was the bus driver for the bus massacre. Uh, Sam manages to attack him and you find out what sam actually looks like mm -hmm. and he's this weird like deformed pumpkin person he's like 
Oh, and there's Binks playing with a pen. Yeah, Binks is just taking some notes for us. Exactly. And he's and we find out Sam's like this weird deformed like pumpkin spirit, and he is also unkillable as Mr. Krieg shoots him in the chest and head with a shotgun. Mm-hmm. And Sam just roughs up this old dude, throws him around, cuts him up, beats him down. And it kind of results in, I think we're, we're led to believe that Sam kills him, but then it kind of cuts to now he's just really fucked up giving away treats at the end. Well, Sam doesn't kill him. Ultimately, when, you know, Mr. Krieg is trying to fight off Sam, when he's putting his hand up, a candy bar that was nearby falls on his chest, so when Sam comes at him with his, you know, half-eaten lollipop knife thing, it impales the candy bar. So Sam kind of stops mid-kill because he has offered Sam a piece of candy. So he has gotten his um, his treat. Yes, yeah, so he has gotten his treat. He leaves peacefully while, you know, still kind of giving him like a... Like a warning look. Like, like I'll, I'll be back if you don't keep this shit up. Yeah. And now Mr. Krieg gives away the mad-sized candy bars on Halloween. And, you know, we have the little girls that are trick-or-treating and they ask him, you know, are you a mummy? Because he's wrapped up from, you know, the ass-kicking he just took from Sam. And, you know, he's kind of sitting there and he's, you know, after they leave, he's throwing, you know, pictures into the fireplace. And that's when we see that he is, in fact, the bus driver that drove the, the bus off the, the cliff into the rock quarry. And, you know, and during the, the sequence with that bus driving scene, we find out that he's supposed to do that, to drive um, the bus off the cliff, and he's paid by the parents to get rid of their children. But ultimately, it's the child in the vampire costume that drives the bus off the cliff because he realizes that, hey, we're not going down the same route that we go down every day. So he tries to save his classmates, his busmates, but because he's a child... He uh, runs them he over runs cliffs. Them. Yeah, and, and you assume that the bus driver died along with them, thinking, you know, there's your karma, you know, you agreed to murder children. But he survives. He survives. And grows up to be he grows Scrooge. Up to be, yeah, Scrooge. And we're thinking, huh, you know, you, you really got away with it, you know, just because you gave Sam candy and... We get the last sequence of the film where, you know, the doorbell goes off and he goes with the candy and opens the door and it's the zombie bus children waiting for him. Karma, full circle, wrapped around. It was beautiful. Just to see that reaction on his face, you know, the time has come. Yes, and as the time has come, we should probably talk about our thoughts on the movie as a whole because this movie, I... Yeah, I don't think this would have been a blockbuster if it got released in theaters. This is a little bit of a... I don't know. It feels like a dud to me. Does it? A little bit. So, I I think my biggest complaint about the film is... None of the characters I particularly attached to or liked. Because, like... Not even Sam? No, not at all. Sam's not a person. He's just a thing. He's a... like, well, okay, does Sam have any lines in the movie? No. Does Sam do anything other than kill people for disobeying r- random rules? He enforces. Yeah, I don't get I don't get it. Like, I don't... I mean, I kind of get it. Sam's supposed to be symbolic of this spirit of Halloween, the punisher of those who do not follow these 
rules of Halloween, but yeah, no, like I don't I like Sam. I think it's cool. I love Sam. I think Sam's cute. Well, yeah, yeah, I get it. Sam's cute because you love Halloween, and he's little spooky, tiny baby Halloween person. But who's uh, a little pumpkin? Little pumpkin person, yes. But I don't know. Like I didn't really dig any of the characters. I thought like you know the Stranger Things kids were really cool i thought that was probably the most interesting little segment because it had like the lore of the the bus driver massacre mm -hmm. i thought it was like kind of interesting but the whole thing with the teenage girls and turning into werewolves i thought that kind of came out of nowhere yeah it's a little out of left field but i think at the same time they also wanted to show hey if we have this childlike embodiment of halloween why can't there be werewolves or you know other monsters no i dig that but the other thing is like so, obviously, this movie is trying to be Tales from the Crypt because it's an anthology series, it's Halloween, and the only one that feels like a Tales from the Crypt segment is the first one, where it's the serial killer principal, and there's the twist that the kid's in on the whole thing, and I don't know. This movie's kind of a little bit all over the place, which is weird because it's an anthology, so it should be kind of all over the place, but there's no real good framing device. And I guess Sam's supposed to be the through line through all of this, but I, I'll say this is a pretty decent, like, Halloween movie, but it's, like, kind of whatever for me. I don't know. Maybe you can change my mind. What do you, what do you think of the movie? Try and, try and pull me around. Well, I've only seen this movie about three, four times. It's fairly new to me, but just, you know, seeing it the first time, it really struck a chord with me. I love seeing the stories kind of intertwine and kind of weaving things together to see how it's all attached. Obviously, I love Sam. I think he's... Adorable. Cute, he's adorable. He's a cute little embodiment of the holiday. But I also like that, while, you know, it's a little extreme to be killing people that break his rules, I like that this movie kind of tries to pay homage to the traditions of Halloween. It's not just, you know... You buy a costume and you go around walking for a couple hours to get free candy. It's more, you know, celebrating the occult and everything that makes Halloween Halloween. Yeah, but like trick or treating and candy is candy is Halloween. Like you know, it is. But if so you're are a, you. if you're a kid, you don't care about you know the the occult rituals of the Wicca that spawn this pagan understanding of the summer solstice and the ending and the winter and all that stuff. It's I'm gonna dress up like Dracula, run around the neighborhood. And get candy, and if you don't get candy, I'm gonna egg or teepee your house. Like that's that's Halloween. That's Halloween now, yeah. It's, it's been a whole Halloween now. It's been Halloween for the last like seventy years. Before you know, the country, our country, the United States, kind of had to put you know rules implementing you know, hey, these kids are just like burning shit down, throwing stuff in front of trains to see them derail. We kind of need to you know write it out where, you know, hey, if you dress up and you go to this person's house they're going to give you candy and it kind of I, turned into a parade i guess to what halloween is now i i guess i don't know i think this so if i had to rank this movie one out of ten i'd give it probably like a six ish mm -hmm. about there like it's serviceable nothing's really bad in the movie it's just for me it falls flat in a lot of the in a lot of aspects but it's still like the set design is very good the costuming is very good. It like the, the all the production design is very good. The camera works solid. Like the acting is serviceable. It works. It's just like the story is 
just not really there for me and the characters aren't really pulling me in and that's kind of like the thing because movies are supposed to be about like characters and story and this is just it's fun it's a fun movie but it's not yeah it's not scratching my itch if you if you get what i mean but what would you say because this is you know a discussion yeah what would you say i'd give it an eight out of ten i think it could use you know a little bit more tweaking a little bit more insight to some of the stories but i think it's fun as well i think it's clever with you know some of the twists that we get in the movie i mean the ultimate twist is you know the, the crotchety old neighbor being the attempted murder of these children and i just love that you know he gets his just desserts at the end of this film i, I guess i mean i don't know it just seems kind of weird I think that's the thing. The movie seems like it's trying to do a lot with its script, but it's just not all there. This I feel like this movie could have been a lot better if it had another couple passes in the writing in the writing room. Mm-hmm. And that's probably my biggest thing. I think everything around it is good. It's just like the production is good. It's just the writing seems to just not be all there. If I had to if I had to, you know, make a, a point on that. Well, but yeah. I still enjoy the film very much. Of course. I think it's going to become part of my Halloween traditions every year that it's one of these films that I have to watch when the season comes. And even throughout the year, I'll probably watch it because who doesn't love watching horror movies all year long? (sighs) I know we do. And on that note, next week we get one of my picks. Yes, we do. And I'm terrified. Oh, you should be. You should be. But uh, next week's pick, if you want to... I'll drop you a little hint to see if you can find it. It's a very old film. It launched the career of a very noteworthy art house director. And it is maybe not a horror film, but it's definitely a surrealist film that will mess with your head. I fear for my safety. But on that note, Boo, I think it is time to come to an end at the film club why don't you tell everybody where they can find us listen to us and you know check up on us if you want to listen to the latest episodes of our podcast follow us on anchor fm and spotify and if you want to get the latest on our you know daily lives behind the scenes follow us at the film club podcast on instagram and the film club podcast on facebook all right looks like that's about everything all right everybody see you all next week boo Stay a little scared. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween.